Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia, and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today, we have Yana with us from Bernelli Designs. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited as well. This is the first time I'm doing anything like a podcast before, so I'm like- I'm honored. Overexcited. <laughs> I am honored. Okay, so if nobody knows who you are, let like what is your little elevator pitch? Like, Give us a little intro. So my name is Yana. My middle name is Bernelli. So that's where Bernelli Designs come from. Um, I am a fashion design student at FIT. Right now I'm pursuing my bachelor's in intimate apparel. Um, so I'll be done with that next year and I'll have my full four years of fashion design. I started out um, honestly just playing around on social media. I had my Instagram and my little YouTube, just like a lot of people did just for fun. But then I really started getting some recognition on TikTok. So um, if you would know my name. Maybe that's where you would find me. And I just used to film all my life um, while I was going to FIT remotely during like the lockdown times. Um, and I guess that started getting some attention because I was one of the few people in Manhattan at the time um, right. using facilities. So um, I guess it was like a very romanticized thing for a lot of people, but I was just showing my like everyday life. Um, and then after that, I kind of just used some of that attention to focus on growing my name. Um, so now I focus a lot on like my Instagram and like expanding overall socials to truly try to like capture the essence of what I'm doing and my aesthetic. And now I've expanded into um, freelancing. So I'm an independent designer, as well as um, trying to start my own other brand besides Bernelli, which is Vendetta. <laughs> So exciting. You've got like a million things going on and we're going to get into all of them. Like, I'm so excited, but I feel like we need to like backtrack and get to like, you know, how did you start in fashion? Like, how did you know it was for you? You know, the before FIT story. I always tell everyone that I've been drawing since I could pick up a pencil. Mm -hmm. My family actually used to get really mad at me because I used to be the kid that would draw on walls and <laughs> um, they eventually, um, became very resourceful and got me my first little journal and I started journaling since I was little so I used to have a bunch of like composition books and like sketchbooks in my house that I would just fill up and doodle all over and I would just always call myself a doodler before I had coined like Bernelli designs it was Jan's doodles that was like my <laughs> that's so <laughs> my... cute <laughs> yeah um and I used to just like play around and do all that stuff um ever since I was a kid. And I was always kind of into fashion because I used to draw people all the time with clothing, even though it wasn't necessarily like designing. I used to love right. doing that. Um, and like trying to like switch up all my ideas, it eventually evolved into design. I never really had like a design class growing up in middle school, high school. So I turned all my art classes into what I kind of wanted it to be, I guess. Um, and then I used to compete in like little like art competitions that were local and try to do um, like my own illustrations for design through there. And then even in high school, it wasn't really design focused. I really did it all um, like self-taught by myself in my home and mm -hmm. just like build up those sketchbooks until I got to <laughs> FIT basically. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's so cool. I feel like I was the like opposite of that where I wasn't a drawer. I was just a sewer, <laughs> but knew yeah. nothing about drawing. And I find it so interesting whenever it's like, I know people are, I feel like on either side of the spectrum, but nobody's ever really in between. It's like always you were a drawing like arts kid or you were like a hands-on arts and crafts like sewing kid. <laughs> yeah, I I always had a sewing machine actually. It's the same sewing mm. machine I have now. I've had it since I was eight years old but I am a person that gets easily frustrated if I can't catch on to something. So if I didn't learn a skill right away, I would just like drop my sewing machine. Like if the bobbin wasn't working, I wouldn't Oof. figure it out. I would just like, yeah. and that really hindered me from like progressing as a kid, but I was always sewing something. Like if it was right. like a little pouch or like a little like blouse, I right. was always trying to figure it out. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I really got into like actually making garments and like learning that right so let's fast forward to FIT what has your experience at FIT been like because like I know I went to FIT but I was basically in Italy majority of the time I was at FIT so did I really go to FIT I don't know (laughs) like (laughs) I feel like yeah the Italy kids I feel like have a totally different experience for sure exactly Um, I actually transferred to FIT. So I started on an off semester in the spring. So Mm -hmm. my experience is also a little different than the traditional, I just got out of high school kids. Right. Um, So I went to a state school called Oneonta for a semester. Just wasn't my vibe. It was like upstate in the mountains type of situation. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to FIT. So it was my goal as soon as I like went there to just like do my gen eds go to FIT and transfer while I'm taking those classes. Mm-hmm. And I did that. So I think it was spring 2019. Um, I got into FIT and I started in January. So very different change of pace, especially like when you're moving into New York in the winter time. Um, yeah. It's like, like welcome week was like super different. Um, like all that stuff was like, I don't know how to explain it. I guess just like, like drearier times. So it was a little scarier. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So I, um, my experience at MIT started off, like, I guess on like the wrong foot in a way, but mm-hmm. I definitely tried to, um, make the most out of it since I, um, I knew I felt like I was a little behind since I had like a semester away from, um, the other kids who got in first at that time. So I, Definitely felt like I was playing a game of catch up for a while because yeah. a lot of the kids as you were saying are either illustration kids or sewing kids. Right. And for so I feel like first semester is definitely like a sewing intensive semester. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. And I was just stressing left and right, like not knowing what to do with like half of the techniques, just like always doing my homework. And I found it a little hard to focus because the city is very distracting when you're mm-hmm. wanting to like maximize all your time. So, you know, I like was exploring, like trying to find like a bunch of new experiences, trying to make friends when FIT really has you focusing on just your work and yeah. nothing else. Um, yeah. So even though I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, I was meeting all my deadlines, it was just hard because I didn't know how to uh, manage my time essentially. And that's like my number one thing now is like, make sure to manage your time, Yana. Yes, yes, (laughs) very important. Um, So, so far, I think it's been uphill from there. Definitely, you know, bumps in the road, professors that I didn't get along with, um, you know, people that I met I didn't get along with, but then, like, there's always, always the good with the bad, you know? Yeah. Um, So, I don't think it was ever, like, a perfect experience, but, like, perfect doesn't exist in my mind. So, yes. 
you know, it's uh, a give or take, lots of lessons learned, essentially. And now, you know, I think the remote semesters really gave uh, an extra push for me because, like, I had to learn how to basically, like, be my own boss or be my mm-hmm. own professor. And that's what kind of led the whole, um, like, Bernelli Designs thing to kind of take off because I really was in my head a lot during all that time to figure out, like, why am I going to FIT in a remote time? And like, what am I going to do with this? Right. Um, and then I knew I wanted to continue. So I was like, what's going to be like my next like motivation once I'm like done with this and I have all this ex- extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that was a really unique experience as well. So I feel like the whole um, time frame that I've had at FIT up to now um, is very, very different than a lot of people because of um, the transferring being remote and then like taking that gap and coming back (laughs) right no yeah that's that's a lot (laughs) yeah but you know you've managed and you're here and you're also you're doing intimates right specialization (laughs) that's honestly I would be too like I never obviously got to the point of specializing or doing any of those classes but intimates like just intrigues me so much like there's so much to it like what was your thought process on like choosing your specialization? I wanted to do intimates for a while. So I, um, I'm Dominican. I was mm-hmm. born there and then I was raised in the Hamptons in Montauk. So, um, I've always been around the water, um, and like in a resort situation. So mm-hmm. I've always had the designer mentality of like going on vacation, having something for like a special night. And I was always interested in swimwear actually growing up and then tying that into like every day I was like what's the equivalent of swimwear for like every day it would be like intimates like something that's very like Mm -hmm. um like a part of your body that's like um an extension of like your own beauty um so intimates always intrigued me I also found it interesting growing up that it was almost a little taboo like people went straight to the sexualization of it opposed Mm -hmm. to what you can do for yourself with intimate apparel and how it like helps you feel confident um, right. So that's something I've always wanted to challenge and uh, explore upon when I have my time in that program. Right. Um, I think I will pursue that for sure. So I I was just always intrigued because it's something that like you don't talk too much about, but like everyone knows it exists. <laughs> yes. No, that's so true. Has your like perspective changed like over the past couple of years now that like lingerie is more of like a even like ready to wear like thing that people actually wear? out like on top of clothes like as clothing like are you like more wanting to do it now that it's like less taboo more even just more worn publicly no for sure I um I've always talked about like the progression between like Victoria's Secret, Airy, Savage Fenty all that stuff that's been going on within the past like decade I would say Mm -hmm. um is like fascinating to me because it's honestly changing. Um, maybe I'll just speak from like an American perspective, like mm-hmm. the perspective of how women are perceived, at least right. in America, I can say. Um, yeah. Because uh, I think it was very like male centric for a while, like something that wasn't really necessarily to make you feel great. It was just something as like a showpiece yes. to something that's like, I want to buy this for myself. Um, I can wear this comfortably. I know this is like going under my clothes, but I'm, I'm going to work to feel special type of situation. Right. Or the, like the Savage Fenty business model is like really cool where they have like all these different occasions to wear it for. So I think 
uh, the expansion of, I guess, like inclusiveness overall. So like, you know, including different bodies, different people and different occasions even right. um, is expanding so much, which is really, really cool. And it's like really fun that we're, you know, I guess not fun's not the right word, but, uh, <laughs> but um, interesting that we're living in a time that um, we've been home for so long where intimates are now thriving in a way. It's yeah. not just loungewear, it's now your intimate apparel, like what makes you comfortable while you're sitting in a chair for so long? Literally, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's been interesting to see all these people who are in the head of this industry shift to what the world's kind of um, revolving around now. Yeah, no, I found it so interesting as well. And like, I've noticed you've been doing like little polls on your Instagram, like asking people like kind of that perspective on like, <laughs> lingerie piece like corset specifically and like every time you go through those polls I'm like I don't even know what I think <laughs> like when I sat there I was like is this for the male gaze or do I like it like for myself like yeah. I don't even know it's like such an I, interesting perspective right I'm actually doing that for my CFDA project that I'm going to be starting next year so, so cool. or sorry next semester yeah um, so I wanted to kind of get a holistic perspective, um, starting with like people who followed me to right. see what they would think because one person's opinion isn't everyone's um, perspective. Right. So to see the results of those polls were so interesting and a lot of yeah. them were 50-50, which was really cool. Um, but I am gonna be further developing an idea of like, I guess like what an anti-corset would mean. Like, right. um, what's something that would like mold to your body or like, you know, be more inclusive or like um, be more socially acceptable in a way in today's world mm -hmm. um, to see if you could design something like that. But definitely tying in a cultural and historical aspect to it is right. super important. And, you know, history is also like within us, like we're going to be the future of fashion and what mm -hmm. we're experiencing now is going to be history eventually. So I, I think um, today's perspective is super important to also survey and analyze because we're living through such a niche experience within yes. having our, uh, having our opinions out in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so cool. I'm excited to like see you develop that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's a 60 page journal. So I like was like, I, I need to put out some polls. I need to Yeah, you need to get started on that. Oh my god. Yeah, I never got around to doing that because obviously I wasn't there for my bachelor's or anything, but I don't even know how people manage to get that done. Like the I'm thought so of weird. it, seeing people that I know going through it, I'm like, oof, <laughs> that sounds so stressful. Yeah, oh, it'll be like great. I think you have a cool concept. Thanks. <laughs> Not to like discourage you from that. I'm like, that sounds really freaking cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, my new goal right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, how would you like describe your design aesthetic? You know, I've been thinking about that a lot. There's like not a word for it, I feel. Um, I feel the same way when people ask me that. So. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think that was also my goal for a while is to like not be categorized. Um, yeah. I mean, we grew up in a time where we had like, Pinterest, Tumblr, We Heart It, like all these like imagery um, websites or like search engines that like categorize everything. Um, right. And it's hard like when you go to design school or when you start becoming your own designer, like 
um, that's the first thing they tell you is to not like fit into a mold or like not yeah. to just like, feed off of what you're seeing there because that's already created. So when I started at FIT, I really wanted, um, my main focus was to create my own like name through like the things I was doing. So I can like give some adjectives, <laughs> I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Um, I would say it's like soft romantic with a little bit of like party girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely glittery, um, mm -hmm. feminine. Uh, and then just, uh, I think the word soft is honestly a good one. Like something yeah, that's just that really like, um, toned down, cute, um, classic, elegant, but still young and modern. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That was like a perfect description. Like knowing your designs, I feel like that is a perfect description. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my skin gets so dry out here in the Midwest winter. For real though, the cold here is no joke. Luckily, we've got way to keep us hydrated. Turn your shower into a self-care moment with the gentle skin softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue while gently cleansing and nourishing at the same time with a luxurious lather. It has skin softening oils in a hydrating blend with high quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rosehip oil. And post-shower, keep your skin feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most with hydration that lasts and prevents dryness. It's made with high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kupuwasu butter, and coconut oil. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. So now going towards, I guess, like social media and stuff. Um, so let's talk about TikTok because, well, we found each other on TikTok first, yeah. which is kind of fun. Um, like the very beginning of literally everything, like seriously any of us having followers which is really yeah. funny I know I always think back to that I'm like I can't believe I found her before we both kind of like launched stuff yeah we were like, we like at the same it. yeah we were like at the same point of our like journeys or whatever which was kind yeah. of funny um but then you blew up with your celestial set so yeah. let's talk about that that whole project yeah honestly I was not expecting that and honestly that's like what like like, you know, how everyone says like the villain origin story. Like that's like yes. my, <laughs> because that was actually my, um, my capstone, um, my like associate's degree thesis project. Right. Um, I think you had the same theme, uh, with, yeah, Greek yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, they repeated that for my semester since this was the first, um, full-blown remote semester. They, yeah. I guess, I don't know what happened, but they just decided to repeat it. Um, right. so I, was frustrated from the beginning. <laughs> um, oh, you and me both. I hated that yeah. theme. <laughs> I um, did not get along with my draping professor also since the beginning. I don't know why they did not like me, but um, that was just the first obstacle. Yep. And um, I was on a very, very tight budget because I just moved out of my um, childhood home because of uh, familial issues. Mm -hmm. So I moved out with no money into the city 
uh, during a remote lockdown pandemic semester. <laughs> Literally and, the worst time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had like a very strained roommate situation. It was like such an intense time where I literally was like, I'm just going to put my mind onto what I'm doing in school and just focus on that. I took all my classes into like consideration for a whole aesthetic. Like I was saying before, I wanted to really just make this all um, make sense together and make mm -hmm. it very me. So my illustration was also the same as my draping class, etc. Um, right. And the celestial set was based off of the Greek goddess Selene. She's the goddess of the moon. And I was telling the story of um, how apparently in the middle of the night, she like basically like races across the sky and like visits all the stars basically. So I wanted to do something like very flowy, very like kind of like abstract, I guess, but still very um, wearable. And the top was all hand beaded with constellations so I had which was so really, cool yeah I like <laughs> was like staring at a screen and then staring at beads for like 72 hours straight <laughs> um but yeah so I had the time of the world since it was locked down and mm -hmm. I filmed everything and I was just making silly little TikToks because right. my sister told me to download TikTok and my 14 year old <laughs> sister knows best. Um, and it just got addicting for a while. Finally, uh, slowly they started getting like a couple more views, but like, I guess I don't really know what to call like a lot anymore, but like yeah. I went from like five likes to like a hundred and then- right. like, one of them got 200 and I was like, wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, um, it was, I'm a Lady Gaga stan. So I was like, this was fate, but it was that yep. one little transition with the violins that like Lady Gaga yep. has um, that like, I've never done a transition video before, but I finished my project and filmed my roommate wearing it. She's actually my current roommate now, um, Emma. Mm. She wears it all now <laughs> after that one moment. <laughs> But um, I filmed just like five seconds because I was like, this is weird. I don't want to film my friend and then tell her that I do TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like did a little thing where I was like, <laughs> and just like took five seconds. And um, that video all of a sudden uh, was just gaining traction while I was getting reviewed for that project. <laughs> so um, the professor was like, you could have done better. Like, um, you know, I've seen better, like blah, blah, blah. I just got told that like, I didn't get into the exhibition and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like I'm just here to satisfy, satisfy myself. And I yeah. finished this project during a very hard time. And I was like, yep. you know what? I'm not gonna be liked by everyone. And then I go on my phone later that night and all of a sudden I refresh and I just keep doing this thing where I'm like, oh my God, I just keep getting notifications. This is so uh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the first time I ever went viral and I was freaking out to like my sister because like, you know, she's 14 and that was like so cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but as soon as I think once you get like one viral video, I think um, the algorithm kind of keeps pushing you for a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, the semester's ending. Let's put everything I've filmed onto my platform and just like make a bunch of different videos and like show what I'm doing. Um, and people liked it, um, which is really cool. So um, that set was definitely like a culmination of a lot of different feelings. <laughs> right. right. Um, and it was a good end to that semester that literally brought me like hell basically. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so crazy how things work out like that. I also feel like for whatever reason, like whenever professor like really doesn't like something 
everybody else seems to love it. Like I had the literal same experience with like my zipper pant set that I made. I was like obsessed with everybody told me they loved it. My professor literally took off points because of creativity for it. And I was like, literally what? And then it blew up for me too. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like what the heck? Like, I understand that like mine wasn't maybe like avant-garde or something, but that's right. But it wasn't like, exactly me neither. Like I'm not an avant-garde type of person either. Like I like, I like to wear the things I make. So I'm not going to make something super crazy. Yeah. I like was receiving critiques. Like, you know how everyone else also gets some input in the class. Yeah. Um, A lot of my friends or like just the kids in the class were like, I can tell that Yana made this. Like this was very her um, and, you know, they were saying very nice things about um, even just like the photography I did with it, like mm-hmm. on the mannequin, I'll give it to him. It didn't look that great, but it's really yeah. when you started walking, um, exactly. that, like, you could see the movement and all that stuff. So it was a very nice um, turn of events, especially since a lot of the kids in my class were like, I saw your video on the internet. And I was like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so interesting. Um, but what has like your social media journey been like since then? Interesting. Uh, that's you know, yeah. I'm gonna going back to that word. <laughs> I um, I don't know. I think I um, at certain points overwhelmed myself because yes. I had a lot of time at a certain point. Like after um, after that celestial set thing kind of died down. Um, I tried to see what I could do with the people who were following me. And then I noticed a lot of them were kids who also like wanted to go to FIT. And then I kind of came to this like realization that like what I used to do as a kid was like watch all these like FIT YouTubers and like that's right. what they're doing now. So I was like, oh, like what, what does like 15 year old Yana want to see? And then I started doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I didn't want to just be teaching because I felt like I was sort of getting imposter syndrome almost. I get that too. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I started expanding a little wider into just like my everyday life. Um, and I feel like people were very hit or miss at that point because mm-hmm. I definitely did not glamorize anything that I was doing. Um, right. I just showed what my life is and Mm -hmm. how I deal with being a student that has like a full-time job and like does fashion like on the side while they're studying like I don't have any like really pretty titles so I uh definitely feel like people were like questioning my integrity almost I guess and like it was really hard to um kind of come out of like the I guess like the clout that I got for having such Mm -hmm. pretty videos and then showing like what a realistic day looks like like mm-hmm. what's my budget and like yeah. I don't go shopping every day I don't live in Soho <laughs> yeah. you know like all yeah. this stuff um slowly people were just like not really into it and I'm like I don't want to stay or like stray away from my authentic self right. um so I started doing commissions more so I started kind of trying to really turn what I was doing into a brand essentially yeah um so I like spruced up my website started focusing on some Instagram stuff and just like started basically taking in whoever like reached out to me for like Mm -hmm. freelance jobs, um, like one of a kind pieces, like stuff like that. That's what I shifted for a while um, because I really was just done with retail. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't blame you. 
Yeah. So even though I was in retail, I definitely knew I could start um, saving some more money, which is great because it was like that transition between like 2020 to early 2021 was like one of the lowest times of my life. And I was like, mm-hmm. we got to get back to school. I got to make sure I can get my bachelor's degree. Just like yes. focus on, uh, you know, get, getting myself back on track. So I was definitely using it a lot as like a little outlet myself as well. Um, mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's just like, a little like diary or a blog almost just like to keep track of all my stuff and people are just like along this ride with me um I don't really try to like go viral or anything anymore I really just enjoy um the people who have been there like the whole time and just like Mm -hmm. are very genuine with me um some people like email me and stuff like that too which is like really cool to see that like there's like interest in like wanting to know truth rather than just like here's my really pretty pictures and here's what I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's so important because obviously there's like a whole stereotype of FIT students on TikTok. Yeah. Without naming names, we all know. Like, (laughs) um, and it's not a bad thing. Obviously, you know, everybody just has different lives or whatever. It's like important to show that fashion design kids don't have that glamorous life that everybody assumes that we have. And it's like, you know, totally normal for you to not see the light of day for a couple of weeks because you're just working all the time yeah. or like <laughs> having to you know work an actual job too on the side and like do all those things is totally normal and I like love that you're so authentic with that because you just don't see that a lot I feel like a lot of FIT kids or just fashion design kids in general try to romanticize it so much to the point where it's like we all know that's not true like that is not how you're living yeah. your life <laughs> I, um, I got to a point where I was making a lot of jokes on TikTok about like people who steal designs, like not sleeping, all that stuff. Um, because there's definitely a huge gap in like, uh, learning about design on the internet, Mm -hmm. I feel like. So a lot of people turn to business kids to try to see what their experience is going to be like. Um, and as soon as I went into FIT, I knew I kind of wanted to turn my social media into something like that. I just did not know, or TikTok didn't exist, I think. Like our first no, time. I don't think it did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as soon as I like started experiencing all of this stuff and I, I did live with like some business school kids, I um, was like, wow, like our, our experiences couldn't be more opposite. Um, right. So I kind of kept like a little log of all my experiences, kind of tell the stories now and um I like to just like you know be very uh upfront and not sugarcoated about like you're gonna be sacrificing a lot like you're gonna be you know dealing with mental health stuff and trying to overcome all of that um and if you want to do this you can't have like second thoughts (laughs) no not at all (laughs) like once you're in it like you're gonna be losing resources time money you name it like if you just like quit um and professors will definitely knock you down for um not being 100 in it um so I try to kind of shed light on that but it's so hard mm-hmm. with um you know social media platforms like TikTok where it's like they want to show all the pretty stuff like right conversations aren't really held that much um yeah so whoever's there to listen to it is whoever gets to hear it, I guess. But um, I definitely try to make it very transparent because I still enjoy what I do. But, um, you know, I think my perspective when I was in high school is definitely very different on like what I want to do with my life 
and this whole industry in general. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I totally get that. I feel like once you're actually there, everything just shifts and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. But I hope more people listen to you because <laughs> I just think it's important for people to actually see how things are. And also yeah. to see that like you don't have to be a rich student to make it either because I feel like that's such a stereotype and obviously it's so much easier if you have money to live in the city and like to do all the things but it's like not completely impossible if you're not yeah Yeah, I think that's actually a huge thing for me um because there's a certain lifestyle that goes along with like even just not just fashion student but an FIT student that is like perceived on the internet that I didn't know about because I was never that person so like that whole clubbing experience, like, um, like, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Idea. No Um, clue. But yeah, um, my first couple of years, I used to work at SoulCycle and, um, I would wake up like sometimes at like 4am to like start my shift in the morning and then go to class later. And then I wouldn't have that time the rest of the day to have fun because then I had to do my homework. And it's so different because there's like, you know, the, physical aspect of doing homework and like the psychological like once you start getting into like a journal or something like that's your emotion work um like all that stuff is like so much more than just like writing an essay putting down numbers doing math yes or you know just like a general um and then going to your professor and saying that they don't like your fabric and then you got to buy more fabric yeah and you're like (laughs) my paycheck isn't until next Friday. <laughs> right. Um, no, like not having anyone to turn to for any help of any sort is very um, difficult. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are deterred from making their dreams come true um, just because it's hard and like yeah. pushing through and perseverance, I think is a big part of, you know, having that personality to make it through all of this, whether it's monetary or just like mental health. Um, being able to push through like a lot of different struggles that you experience, um, I think is like number one and like a personality trait that I think a lot of fashion students have because they know yeah. like you got to get through it. If not, you're not going to make it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, there's no turning back once you decide to do this. So like yeah. it's all or nothing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on to like future things, let's talk about Vendetta. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Me too. I am like yes. freaking out. Um, I am a person who likes to just keep adding more to my plate, even though I can't I'm, do it all. I'm literally the same. Like I'm literally the same. <laughs> yeah. So then that is an idea that um, honestly, I want to say it was a long time coming, but it was really out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate and I and a friend of ours, uh, so Emma and Micah, I live mm-hmm. with Emma. We get along because of many reasons but one thing that we always go back to is like different aesthetics that we like different Mm -hmm. um experiences we had on the internet um so we all had very similar muses growing up in our teen years and that was just always a topic of conversation and all all of a sudden one day I was in class and I was like if we started a brand we would like take over the world or whatever I just like (laughs) made a stupid little joke and then right running with it and then we were like wait a second what would we do if we started a brand and we just kind of started like conspiring a little bit um and then all our hangouts just all of a sudden started turning into this whole like 
business plan, <laughs> um, basically. Um, and then we were using our time efficiently, I guess, because we were hanging out a lot, but like it was right. all towards this company. So now it's basically our like mission statement to like redefine femme fatale, like the modern femme fatale, like what does that mean? So we're definitely striving for expanding that aesthetic essentially. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Tumblr was problematic at a certain point, you yes. know, there's like certain movies that you always look back on that like you can imagine a girl being that femme fatale but it like might not resonate with you even though like the characteristics aren't physical you know like there's like an right. image um so it's really about uh what makes a femme fatale from the inside and like how how is that a good thing you know um right. <laughs> so the whole like kitschy part of like the man eater and all that stuff it's definitely just about confidence and like the perseverance thing I was talking about you know like making sure that your struggles turn into something like beautiful for you in the future um so it's been really fun because it's a storytelling brand a lot of it's super personal because uh a lot of vendetta is like personal experiences that we've had so the names mean something the numbers mean right. something. like everything that we're doing has to tie back to uh, Micah, Emma, or I, you know? Right. Um, and it's been really fun to kind of um, take things that we've struggled with, experiences that like really hurt us or like put us down to turn it into something that's like going to end up succeeding for us in the future. Right. Um, I love that. So, so it's really fun and um, kind of like an empowerment thing for everyone. You know, we always have this joke where it's like, you have to do it until it's not ironic anymore. So like the yes. whole like, <laughs> girl boss feminism and whatever, like it's super ironic nowadays, but if you yeah. everyone to kind of be part of that whole thing and like not be exclusive, like it can, like, it can do so much, like uplifting other people is like, right. Incredible. And like, I guess I have this little like magic trick where um, I just make a TikTok and sometimes it just does really well. <laughs> but, yeah, which is great. <laughs> we um, made a TikTok a little too early and um, the first TikTok we made went viral. <laughs> and then- Yeah, I saw it. I was, it was beautiful. I was yeah. like so intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know how that happened, but that attracted a lot of people who were like- mm are you going to be size inclusive? Are you, uh, yep. oh, like, this is so cool because, um, Femme Fatale is never for me. Like I always see a certain like bombshell or like yeah, certain body type to go with that aesthetic. Like yeah. so excited to shop from you. And we had this idea, but, um, we never really realized that this can expand into so much more than mm -hmm. just, um, what we were thinking because people started resonating with it without even seeing imagery yet. So we then went on to Instagram and we're like, okay, so now we have to start building up the aesthetic. And then a reel blew up and then we we're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so the process of starting this business has honestly been within the past three months, which is mm -hmm. terrifying. Crazy. Yeah, because it's that's not any time at all to start a no. business. And no. we're launching like next month. Um, I know, <laughs> which is crazy, but we've yeah. done it all. We've been focusing on it every single day. I like been saving up my money. I quit my retail job in November and I was like, Exciting. I have to put everything I've got into Brunelli, Vendetta, yes. all my social media and yes. 
fingers crossed. I know I'm going to do something with it, but like, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so that's like really what it's been. Um, I like still don't have proper words for it just because <laughs> it's like, you know, like I'm going to get off of this and start going straight to like my iPad and like yeah. figuring out like, tax ID stuff. Like all this stuff right. is like insane that I like wasn't prepared for doing fashion yeah. design, but like the entrepreneur mind sh- mindset has definitely shifted my design perspective now. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy. And especially cause I'm collaborating with my best friends. It's also um, really like motivational. So yeah, I bet. it's fun. <laughs> it's like, it's a good push. <laughs> no, no, that's so good. I feel like it's rare to have friends that you actually work well with. Yeah. So it's like, good to see that it was working out for you. Like I also work with one of my best friends. So it's like nice to see that that stereotype can be beat. Like you can work yeah. with your friends. Like if yeah, you have a good I think relationship. it's establishing boundaries for sure. And yes. making sure there's no hard feelings. Yes. Um, Cause you no, know, we disagree. Like we're not the same exact human. Um, but just making sure that like no one's feelings are left behind, you know, the storytelling, we all get a different section right. of it. Um, and just laying everything out on the line and just making sure that like we're doing this all for ourselves um, is really important. And, um, you know, the care of each other outside of just right. like a business is so important. Yeah, no, for sure. So post-college, like, what do you, what are the, like, I know you have time. Like, yeah. I know you're not like, you know, you've got time, <laughs> but like, because you have all these things going on, like what? like, do you see yourself pursuing more or like, would you start something new or like, what's your vision like right now? Like, I'm sure it'll change, but like right now, where's yeah, your vision? I, I was just going to say, I feel like at this point every day it's changing. Yeah. Um, but I, um, for a while, because I struggled with money, I literally was just like, whatever can just get me stable is my yeah. goal. Um, yeah. because the industry is so hard to like get in and stay in. Um, yeah. that I was like, I will be happy with a design job. Um, <laughs> that's no, changed. I you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely, uh, if we're talking in terms of goals, it's to have it all in my hands. I think that's part of me being a little bit of a control freak, but I, <laughs> I, Same way. yeah, I really just want, um, to be able to be my own boss. Um, and even though a lot of professors and stuff deter that and say like, you have to work under someone else. Um, I feel like within the past couple of years, especially with social media, the whole um, shift towards working for yourself has been less taboo, more destigmatized yeah. and like more encouraged because I just think that's more sustainable for yourself in a way, you know, the, especially within the industry that we're in, it's so difficult to find like a good boss or like your ideal yeah. work condition or just even a good salary. Um, Literally. So, so um, for me to not have to jump through all those hoops to finally find that dream job, I think that would be like my main goal to just mm-hmm. make sure to like set all the laws for myself. I used to always grow up saying I wanted to be like a head designer of like some fashion house. It didn't have to be like a huge label, but just um, something runway I always wanted to do. Now, um, when I was growing up, I wanted to start a, a business for a while. Um, but now I'm kind of just thinking like, I want to just explore in everything. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do as much as I can. I don't know what that means, but um, if I can keep Brunelli Vendetta 
talk to people for a living and then like Mm -hmm. just kind of dip my toes wherever that would be my goal because I don't like to be stagnant with things I definitely like to yeah 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 no I totally feel that I'm the same way I'm like I've always wanted a brand but now I'm like oh but I like YouTube's really fun and like having a podcast is fun and like I just like need to do a million different things at once to feel satisfied me too (laughs) so I'm right there with you on that one <laughs> yeah for sure I think a lot of us have that mindset where um yeah we're all just go-getters and very um high standard high achiever people definitely I feel like you have to be in this space otherwise like you're not making it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so thank you so much for coming on today so fun talking to you you I'm so honored that I got to be a part of this like you're so sweet to talk to and hopefully we can do again whenever you're in New York (laughs) oh my god I'm like hoping to be there for New York Fashion Week in February but it's like all TBD with like COVID right now so right I don't know if I'll be there or not but fingers crossed I'll maybe be there in a few weeks okay (laughs) if not I'll I'll figure something out I'll I'll go eventually but you know (laughs) we'll see but where can people find you? Shout yourself out. Okay. So Bernelli Designs is my main handle. Um, so that is B-E-R-N-E-L-L-I dot designs um, for most social media websites. Um, otherwise, if you want to just look me up, my name is Ghana Jones. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll have everything linked down in the description, the show notes, all the things. Check her out. You won't want to miss it so many fun things happening I'm like just excited there's so many things that are like gonna come into fruition so soon so Ah. (laughs) I know so fun um so yeah thank you so much for thank you coming on today Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.